Welcome to Connect Over Coffee. We're here to entertain and educate you about the liquid obsession that we call coffee and the people who roast it. We want to connect you with amazing stories of coffee roasters from all over the world and teach you how to make your very best cup of coffee. Let's join hosts Tim Hill and Michelle Berkey for today's interview, a shot of coffee wisdom, and finally, some caffeine and weirdness. Welcome to episode two and part two of our interview with Rolando Monteroso from Smokes Cafe in Guatemala. It starts kind of abrupt because we did break it up into two episodes, so it's kind of a hard edit. We talked about the farm practices, flavor notes, and also the journey of the coffee bean from seed to cup, as they call it. So let's get right to it. You mentioned the roaster you work for earlier was a big, big plantation roaster, you know, large one. But if I remember correctly, when we were down there, you work with a lot of smaller farms. Is that common or the big plantation common? And how do those two business models, so to speak, impact the community? Working with the smaller farms versus bigger plantation. A lot of people focus on getting closer relationship with, with the farmers, which is something we really are privileged, you know. We, we do have a direct trade with different farmers, but we don't work with just a smaller one. We're working with everyone, everyone that wants to sell their coffee at a fair price and also and we also buy the coffee at a fair price we guarantee you that i am not saying i want a cheaper price you know i want a lower price because we know how hard it is i've been in farms i have an uncle who has a farm i mean it's a different market for his coffee that's one of the reasons i don't buy his coffee because he says different market but i've been at his farm and i've been at different farms and i know how hard it is, no matter the size of the farm, the harder to get a single cup of coffee, the amount of work, hours and effort. So we, we really don't have exactly. a, mm, this, let's say, I'll say we don't really work with just a smaller one. We work with everyone that, that is also dignifying their workers. One of our top-notch farms is a state. I mean, it's a big farm and he has a model of integrity that we respect, that we love, that we support. And his coffee price isn't cheap, but we know that he's not the only one getting richer, you know? He's not just after getting bigger, richer, and better. He's about making this fair for everyone. So that's why we say amazing, amazing that we have the big guy, we have the, mid, the medium-sized guy, and the smaller guy. We've got the three sizes that, to work with. We know each one of them, we talk, to each one of them and we had visited their farms and their small plantations. You support the people that you know are, uh, like you said, dignify is the perfect word for that. When I first started drinking coffee and maybe you can give me a tip on how to get better at this, <laughs> people would talk about the flavor notes, jasmine or citrus or, you know, chocolatey or, or whatever. And when I was first drinking coffee, I'm like, it all tastes the same. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand these flavor notes, but I have started now. I can taste some more earthy flavors. I can, t and it, it depends on the brew method too, but I, I'm starting to learn more now. Is there any shortcuts, you know, a hack of how I can get better at, at tasting the flavor notes or does it just take time? No, I mean, there is a, uh, today uh, it's amazing how much uh, information you can get from the World Wide Web. Some of them, a lot of them are really good sources of information. And But, you know, like tasting coffee is the opposite of what your mom used to tell you how to drink your soup. You had to do the opposite because you were like, you had to slurp. 
You have to slurp. Right. Ah, you got to slurp the coffee. <laughs> yeah. So, so what your mama told you not to do with the soup, you're doing the opposite of it. You know. That's what uh, you do with coffee. All right. With coffee, you grab the spoon and get the slurp, and that makes like a sprays your mouth, and that's how you. St- it's kind of like doing it with the wine, you know. But, but, but with coffee, you're doing it at different temperatures starts right. from the hot. true 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 starting from being hot to cool down you know uh, when it cools down actually a lot of the a lot of the flavor when i say really good coffee and you're cupping the coffee it starts to cool down you're finding way more flavors than when it's really hot so that's why actually people don't believe it but to drink a cappuccino you'll have to drink it around 140 to 150 Fahrenheit, which is lukewarm, you know, but, True. but, but you like to drink it hot uh, because that's, that's what we're used to. And there's nothing wrong with it. But, but the original cappuccino was meant to be a dessert drink, you know, so it's a lukewarm cup of coffee. Same when your pour overs, your pour overs, are meant to be drink at 150, 160, um, but uh, but you know people drink it at 180. Some people I don't have I don't have toleration for hot stuff, you know. I mean, so the the more cooler my coffee starts getting as I brew it, I actually start finding more flavors, you know. Well, I'll have to start drinking a little cooler to get the flavor notes. Thanks. So I need to slurp warm coffee. That's what I need to do to get the better flavors. <laughs> yeah, slurp and right. find tutorials. There's pretty good tutorials uh, on YouTube uh, on cupping and and slurping. So you can like know how much you could like make your experiment. You know, I'm gonna grind. If my cup of coffee can hold two ml, 200 ml of water, I'll divide it up by 15, 16, and that's the, much, that's the amount of grains that I need to ground, you know, the, the amount of coffee that I need to ground. Then I put the hot water, wait about four minutes for that to kind of brew, remove the crust, and then slurp and slurp and slurp until it cools down, you know? Right. And stuff that you can do at home, I mean. I don't think people, especially up here, realize what goes into getting coffee into a cup on their table. It's a long, long journey for coffee. So can you kind of do a little, what's a coffee beans journey from the time it's picked to, to it's up here real quick? From what is known as uh, from seed to cup, you know? Uh, seed to cup, yeah. Farm to table, seed to cup. There we go. Yeah, it's a long process. For a shrub of coffee to be ready, it takes about two to three years to start really getting the the right amount of harvest, you know, there's a okay. lot of treatment that goes into it. You you try to use as much natural products. So, so coffee is not, you know, full of pesticides and chemicals, but the reality is that you have to use some, you have to get some of that to grow your coffee and to make it with the, enough nutrients so the shrub can survive the different changes that it goes through. Uh, once you pick those cherries, they go to a mill and this mill, they get the pulp from the cherry and the beans go into different tanks of water where they go through a fermentation process of different hours depending on what people is trying to do. Coffees uh, we are most mostly known are the wash coffees. So that's kind of the process I'm going to, to talk about. So once these coffees are in their fermentation tanks, then they get washed again through different pipe systems where they have to kind of hit the corners. So the mucilage, uh, or the honeys or syrups that are in the 
and the coffee kind of get washed and then you throw it in the patios and the patios you start drying that coffee depending on the weather you go for a week or so two two to three weeks it sits on the patio in the sun for two to three weeks depending on the weather until it reaches a certain dryness or moisture level yeah. or whatever they're looking for yeah and if you're doing natural we're talking about more days two to three weeks and then once it's you had your moisture reader so you get your coffee at about 13 12 percent of water on the coffee okay it's ready to to bag it up in storage the coffee will have a parchment like a pistachio bean you know yeah the green coffee before roasting it looks it does look like you hit it right on the head it looks like a pistachio bean the shell of the pistachio is the same in the coffee it's just less dense and the coffee is kind of like a parchment hmm. that helps keep the coffee with the right moisture and of course you have the storage in the right area the right facility and all that then after being storage, there's the buying and the sorting and all that. So before you buy it, this coffee is taken out of the storage and go, goes through another type of hauler that removes the parchment. And then you get the green beans. And then it's sorted through the sifters so we can have the different sizes that we're looking, the quality that we want. So there's categories of coffee such as an SHB, which is a strictly hard bean which are the coffees that are known as a specialty. And okay, and then all these, these coffees get exported and go to a place where the roaster cups the samples and any coffee that scores from 80 and above is considered specialty. Any coffee that scores from 85 and above is considered superb, you know, or extraordinary coffee. 90, 95 is like extra, extraordinary coffee. Right. But from 80 and above, we have a specialty market now. So it goes to the roaster. Roaster has to get the right profile for that coffee and then goes to the coffee shop or to your house and get to grind it and use the right amount of water ratio and the right grinding and because you could have all that process being all perfect you know like from the from the seat to the to the roaster but then it gets to you and you don't know what the heck to do with it right you grind it wrong or just diminishing the work of everybody else behind me you know that's why we say coffee has to be taken as a more important type of food than just a commodity, you know? It has to be taken serious. That's why there used to be said a joke like, ask me how do I take my coffee? And I take it seriously, you know, very serious, you know? <laughs> but in reality, is that coffee is a serious thing. Coffee is a, uh, it's an opportunity for everyone. How many people is involved? It's so amazing. And the amount of hands, you know, that go with it, you know, and make sure that all the people that pick the coffee for you is also getting back more than at least something, you know, is getting back the, the dignity that we, that we are hoping for. And I mean, I, I've known of pickers or people that pick the coffee that before never tried their coffee that they had picked. Really? They haven't tried their own product. Yeah. And that's kind of sad, you know, that's kind of sad. We've, we've seen that with our farmers. We know that people that work with them are able to try their coffee, are able to know the quality that they're picking. Because otherwise, how do they know if they're really providing you something good, you know? They don't realize the benefit they're giving. Yeah, if you don't know how good it is, whatever I pick is just going to be coffee, and it's not that way. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would like to touch on or mention? Well, appreciate you uh, helping us get into to other people. Uh, that's amazing. But in reality, the opportunity for us here is not just to catapult ourselves into a bigger business. No, we, we want to really make sure that folks continue to be a community of opportunity. 
a place where where people also had come and and asked for ideas for other types of businesses. I mean, it's amazing how other pe- people have come and sit down with me at the table and they ended up living with an idea for a venture or another type of business. You know, it's pretty fascinating to see that. I don't consider myself oh, a person that knows everything. I'm only 35. I've been different parts of life. I've been in different parts of ideas and plans. And I've tried to learn from, from a lot of people. I mean, I wish I could name everybody here that, that have been teaching me a lot and how much they've been showing me and everything that I kind of grasp. It's not just for me, you know, it's for everyone. We all owe a lot to the people that we learn from. Yeah. No matter what success we get or you get, we learn from other people. And it's... yeah. That's what we, what you're doing and what I want to do as well is, is pass it on to other folks. At the end, we could be probably known as one individual, but that individual knows and is aware that everything that we are, first we owe it to God and then we owe it to everyone that believe in and carry alongside with us this life, you know? I agree. I think it's an African proverb. I may be wrong. I'll have to look it up. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So I really want to thank you for your time. I will uh, make sure that all of your information gets in the show notes and gets on the social media. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you and buy coffee from you, we'll make sure they'll be able to find out how to do that. Thank you. All right, everybody. Adios. Light roast. Dark roast. Pour over. French press. Ethiopian Yergashefi. Guatemalan El Socorro. Cold brew. Mocha pot. Fine grind. Coarse grind. Cappuccino. Espresso. If all of this makes coffee seem confusing to you, you're about to get educated. Last episode, we talked about the pea berry, a coffee bean mutation that you love. And since we talked about a bean last time, we thought we'd switch to brewing this episode. So tell me about one of your favorite brewing methods. What is the deal with cold brew? What is it? It's a different brewing method, as you said, that uses no heat. You just need water and time. You have to have some patience because you do it overnight. It doesn't have any heat. So that's one thing that makes it unique. So now I know what it is. Why would anyone want to do that? Why would anyone want to brew it cold without heat and overnight? It does take planning. It's not a, It's not instant. It's not the K-cup or the Keurig or, or whatever. So you do have to plan ahead. One benefit that a lot of people really appreciate is according to Toddy, which is a cold brew filter maker, and I saw it in several other places too, it is 67% less acidic. That's a lot. That is a lot. It really is. A lot of people love coffee, but they have heartburn, stomach issues. It can affect the enamel on your teeth because of the acidity. So using cold brew, you eliminate all of those and it does have less bitterness, you know, different flavor and more flavor as well. Can you use any coffee beans to make it or are there some specific ones that work better than others? On this one, you can use any coffee bean you want, any flavor from any region, any type of bean. It works with anything. Is the cost similar to regular brewed coffee or is it more expensive? It would be the same cost as the the bean, whatever bean you're buying, you know, whatever blend or, or 
single origin. It works for any of that. So that's the same, but it's kind of a, a catch 22 or it washes out because you do use a little bit more of the coffee to make, say, a liter of the cold brew. But when it's made, it is concentrated. So you can dilute it, which makes it last longer. And you're making a liter of coffee, which can you know last several days or even if you don't drink it every day. I don't know why you wouldn't drink coffee. Every day. <laughs> but if, if some people, if you accidentally skip a day, it stays good in the refrigerator for up to two weeks. Wow. So it can, like I said, it, it may take more to make it, but it lasts longer. You make it all the time, but... Is this something that you can order at a retail coffee shop? So if you're thinking that the acidity really turns out that somebody really likes that, that's that's good for their health or they you know they don't get heartburn. Is it something they can go order at their local coffee shop as well? It is much more available at coffee shops now. It used to not be, but now you can get cold brew. But one thing as a heads up on that, since it does take longer to make and you know it's a supply and demand type thing they'll run out and they can't just make any more at one o'clock or something because it's gone. They may have some brewing for the next day, but it is a limited supply. So if you get it early in the morning at a coffee shop, it's better. Um, but it is also too now available at the grocery store, prepackaged individual single serving, you know, bottles or, or cans even that you can get it that way as well. So if you go to your coffee shop and they're like, we're done, we don't have any more today, they can go to the grocery store as a last resort. That's true. They do have a, a backup system that way. Another thing that I think I may have mentioned that it is concentrated, so you can dilute it with water to get it to the strength you like. But also some people don't like cold coffee. What you can do when you dilute it, dilute it with hot water, boiling water, and then you still dilute it, but it gets to a temperature you can drink and it's you know not as hot as hot boiling water so you can drink it right away. So there's the best of both worlds. You get the cold brew, the less acidity, the smoothness, and then you get it hot as well. Do you ever do that? No. <laughs> I just, some people do. I mean, I wouldn't be against it, but you know. <laughs> I just wondered because I know that you make it all the time. Yes. And, you know, full confession here the level of my caffeine addiction, I always have cold brew in the refrigerator ready. And I drink that to get the caffeine started while I make my first cup of hot brew. <laughs> that old joke of I need coffee to make the coffee, I figured it out. <laughs> you did. It's brilliant. Speaking of that, like having to have the coffee to make the coffee, how does the cold brew method affect the caffeine level? There's a couple trains of thought on that as well. It depends on the ratio that you use because you can use 55 grams to 60 grams of coffee to a liter and that would be regular caffeine, you know, like a regular cup of coffee. But if you wanted to make more and that you wouldn't dilute or you could use 110 grams to a same amount to a liter, but then it would be concentrated and you'd have to dilute it. So you can also adjust your caffeine level. You could drink it concentrated and, you know, really get your rocket fuel jump start in the morning. So it's about the same when it's got the same dilution level as a regular cup of coffee, but by adjusting how much water you add, you can change how much caffeine you get. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. All right. As a warning, it does take uh, 12 to 18 to 24 hours, depending on the, the flavor you want. The caffeine extraction is over at eight hours. It's not going to get any more caffeinated after eight or nine hours. But if you go longer, that just affects the flavor. And that's just a you know personal taste, trial and error to have fun with. Since that's where you're going, let's finish up by telling me what gear would I need to do this and how do you actually make it? Well, there's a couple ways. The, when it was first starting out, people would just put it into a big bowl with the coffee grounds and let it set overnight. 
or you could put it in, you know, a, a mason jar or a gallon jug or, or stuff like that. But then you would need to filter. You need a cheesecloth or something like that. That seems like a lot of hassle to me. There are several systems out there. The toddy system, um, which I mentioned earlier, but what I use is a Tanaka system, which is a decanter, has the filter built into it, kind of like those fruit infusers that you've seen where you put the fruit, you know, it's attached to the, mm -hmm. to the lid. Um, this, it has the filter that way you put the coffee in there, put the water in there, put it in the refrigerator, and then you forget about it until the next day or whenever you're ready to drink it. And that Tanaka I have, I think it was $19.99 off Amazon. Well, we'll put a link to that one and maybe a couple others in the show notes in case someone's interested. But why do you like that one better than the others? It's just easier. I well, I haven't used the toddy one, so I can't speak to that. I have seen it uh, demonstrated where you could actually use a French press if you own a French press where you would do the same thing. You put the coffee in there, you put the water in there and you set that in the refrigerator. So you don't necessarily have to buy that one. But then if you like French press to drink hot, then your French press is in use in the refrigerator. So it's just easier to buy a lot of equipment. <laughs> As you know, I have a whole section. <laughs> so walk me through like from start to finish, like how do you make it? Oh, it's easy. Uh, you do need to use more of a medium to coarse grind. So you grind the beans, measure them out, put them in the filter, whatever filter situation you're using, put the water in there, put the top on it, put it in the refrigerator, and then time. You just wait. <laughs> well, don't you mess with it every so often? Yeah, because I like to fiddle with things. Oh, that's not necessary. You just do that because it's fun. Well, I read somewhere where you're supposed to give it a swish every now and then <laughs> just to make sure the water is fully immersed with the coffee grounds. You're making me look like I have a problem. <laughs> I don't have to make you look like you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm doing that myself. <laughs> All right. So you swish it every once in a while and then you wait, what, what did you say? After eight hours, the caffeine is at its max, but then you wait like 12 hours or something like that till it's finished. Correct. However long you want. And that's just a trial and error thing. I've let it go. I've got some right now that I'm letting go longer than I normally do to see if that changes the flavor. So it, that that's just going to be trial and error, but at least go eight hours. So you get all the caffeine. Don't want to miss that. <laughs> right. Definitely. Because if you're going to drink the coffee, you may as well get the benefit of the caffeine, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. I told you that was the last question, but I'm going to ask you something else because I expected a different answer than I got. When I asked you if you can use any kind of coffee or if, it's, if one's better than another, it seems to me that there's some theories out there about what makes better cold brew than another kind. And I don't think that's how you answered that. Am I remembering wrong? You can use any type of coffee and any type of roast. The cold brew is the wild, wild west. You can do whatever you want. But I'm sure that you have told me in the past that some people believe that a dark roast makes better for some reason or something like that. I read that too. And I ordered that guy's coffee who said that and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, again, it's, it's a wild, wild west. Why? You think that that's been disproven in your own personal experience. Yes, but somebody else might like it. So that's why I say it's a wild, wild west. You can use anything you want, but everybody's, you know, may have a different taste level. Um, but I personally, I didn't, I didn't like it. Gotcha. I drank it and finished it, but <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> the other thing too, that I think I mentioned when you're diluting it, if you, since it has a smoother and a sweeter flavor, a lot of people don't have to put any sweetener or cream in there. So if you're trying to, to watch your sugar levels, your calorie levels or, or whatever with cream, that's, that's a bonus too. That's a great tip. Yeah. That's a bonus tip right there. 
That's free. All right. Close us out. All right. Well, cold brew is certainly gaining in popularity and it's really trendy. So I hope y'all learned enough to maybe give it a try and then try it again and again, because there's a lot of different ways to do it until you find something you like. Caffeine and weirdness, baby. Caffeine and weirdness. You ready for the next weirdness of caffeine? All right. What you got? Some people throughout the years banned coffee. Oh, man. I know. There was a coffee prohibition? Yes. It was a horrible time. I'm glad I did not live <laughs> through it. Five separate times. I'm sure there's more, but these are the ones that made the top of the list there. To me and most everybody listening, coffee may seem harmless, but it has a rap sheet. It does. <laughs> the first one, Mecca. It was banned in 1511 because it was believed to stimulate radical thinking. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. And since most people were just hanging out while they were drinking it, they could plan a revolution. <laughs> so the government thought it might be an opposition to them. So they banned it. They would rather them go to bars and drink liquor and alcohol, beer, ale, you know, mead, whatever they drank in 1511. Instead of coffee, let them get drunk, but not all hyped up on caffeine. Because sitting around doing other stuff wouldn't lead to talking about a revolution. Exactly. What is wrong? They must have been dropped as a child. <laughs> whole country. <laughs> the whole country, the whole, the whole leaders. Number two, Italy. In the 16th century, the clergy pressed for it to be banned, calling it satanic. It was the church. The church is against coffee? Yes, the church was against coffee. And now they serve it everywhere. Everywhere. And not good coffee. Every lobby. <laughs> every lobby of every church. Yes. Yeah, well, some do have good coffee. But it wasn't until Pope Clement VIII tasted it, declared it delicious, said it should be baptized. <laughs> I don't think he meant people be baptized in coffee, but I don't, know, I don't know how you would baptize, you know, a carafe of coffee. I don't know. But with that papal blessing, coffee houses sprung up all over Europe. Blessed be Pope Clement. <laughs> so wait a minute. The church doesn't like it. They think it's satanic until the Pope decides, hey, this tastes pretty good. Now I think it's awesome. Yes, he declared it delicious. That's ridiculous. Especially since if it was considered satanic, why was the Pope drinking it? <laughs> good point. Why did he try it? I don't know. Peer pressure, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Peer pressure. The Cardinals are like, hey, we've got to do something about this. We need our coffee. Well, at least they came to their senses, though. <laughs> All right, number three, in Constantinople, 1623, Murad IV of the Ottoman Empire forbade it and set up penalties for it. It never said really why he thought it was um, bad. Maybe some of the other people in Mecca convinced him of it. Yeah, they're like, hey, these other people are declaring it illegal. I think that I should exert my authority too. But he went a little further with the penalties. First offense, public beating. Oh, ow. Okay, but wait, second offense, and there is no third. Second offense, you were sewn into a leather bag and thrown into the waters of the Bocephorus, which is a strait between Europe and Asia. No way. That divides the continents. You were thrown off the cliffs into the water in a leather bag. Well, it's no wonder there were no third offenses because you were dead. Again, I am glad I'm not living through these times because I, I would have been beaten and dead right away. All right, moving out of a little bit more, uh, 100 years later, Sweden taxed it heavily and banned it also. Also banned coffee paraphernalia. 
which is cups and saucers. <laughs> so they, <laughs> I don't know where, what they're going to drink their tea out of or whatever they drink in Sweden besides coffee. So King Gustav ordered all these different confiscations. He had doctors monitor prisoners. He would put them in prison for drinking the coffee. And then the doctors would monitor how many cups of coffee would cause them death. Wait a minute. So they'd put them in prison and then they'd give them more coffee? I know. Well, at least you're going to prison for drinking coffee. You know you're going to get more coffee, but then you're <laughs> going to die. die. <laughs> which is more fun for the prisoners than the doctors, I guess. So that was four, right? Yep, one more. 1777 in Prussia, Frederick the Great issued a manifesto that claimed beer was better than coffee. I'm sure that got a lot of my oh. listeners' attention. Everybody woke <laughs> up on that one without coffee. Beer is better than coffee. At least I understand this reason. Coffee was interfering with beer consumption and why he wanted <laughs> more beer consumption. Yes. He imported coffee. They made their own beer. So they could tax the beer more and make more money off the beer than the coffee. In fact, he went even so far to say that instead of coffee for breakfast, drink beer. That's a great way to start. <laughs> You'd have to agree with him, right? Because you're not a beer lover. That's true. I would agree with that. But you wouldn't ban it for the rest of the people who want to drink beer for breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> to each their own, you know. I'm, I'm a uniter, not a divider. <laughs> but his probably, I understand the most. At least he's trying to make some money. You know, greed. Greed. <laughs> As opposed to just randomly being against coffee. Right. Or thinking it's satanic or causes revolutions. You know, not that this greed is good, but at least it's more... Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> So the last time it happened was in 1700s. Is that what you said? That's the last time there's been a real, you know, opposition to coffee. Then everybody <laughs> came to their senses. And for the last hundreds of years, there's been nothing but happiness about coffee. Yes, happiness. Happiness <laughs> in a cup. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that coffee survived all these potent oppositions and lost the evil attraction and become the drink that we all know and love. Except for you, Michelle. You don't like coffee yet. Yeah, not going to happen. We're working on that. <laughs> That's all we have brewed for you for this episode. Thanks to all y'all for listening and connecting over coffee with Michelle and I. We need a quick favor, though. If you liked anything we said, laughed a little, learned a little, or just enjoyed the weirdness, we would really appreciate you going and giving us a rating. Five stars are the best. And a review also. They really help. Thanks again. And remember, stay caffeinated. Do I have to do the again? Caffeine and weirdness, baby. Caffeine and weirdness. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh I did. I need some water. <laughs> you lost your ooh. <laughs>